three, two, one. Welcome into another episode. This is Chris, the MLS card guy. We've got the Emmy winner. His name is Dan. How's it going today, buddy? Going great, my man. It's uh, it's a little cold. I, I've I've referenced this quote before, and now it's uh, officially official. You know, I love my Rogers Hornsby quote about what do I do uh, in the Major League Baseball offseason? I sit in my house and stare out the window and wait for spring. You know, I just like it's it sucks. Baseball's gone. The World Series is over. It was a Pretty fun series, not what I would call an epic series. I'm well documented with my hate of the Astros here, so that wasn't a good outcome for me. I do love uh, degenerate gamblers, though, and so I will give a slight yeah. shout out to Mattress Mac, the Era. Houston furniture magnate, who uh, supposedly he's always famous. If you're a Texan, you know all about Mattress Mac for years about these huge Betsy places. You're an American. This is biggest Mattress one Mac. yet, and uh, yeah. One a few hundred million, I think, right on on the seventy five million. Seventy five. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Only seventy five. So the largest yeah. bet in history to pay off seventy five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, good for big, mattress big back. Shout out. You know, if I had the money, what did, he bet? It was like he bet ten million at seventy five to one or something like that, or seven point five to one, I should say. Yeah, so, I think he had a. He had a few different bets with like a few different companies at like different odds yeah. throughout the season. So. If I get to the point where I can just bet 10 million, like I don't need the, I don't need to win 75 million. Cause I already have enough. If I can just throw away the 10, you know, it's, it's right. Yeah. But that's just how much of a degenerate he is. And I would be probably, if I was at that financial level, I'd probably be just as degenerate as Mac. Let's be honest. He should, he should go and buy like all the Astros unique cards and just like win all the time, you know, instead of, Having seventy five million, just just go go dumping on like Jordan Alvarez <laughs> unique and stuff, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he 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 would have won. He would have won some contests this past week for sure. So yeah. Well, speaking of contests, we have a uh, a fabulous guest with us here today. Uh, we've got Mr. Jimmer, who is who is one of the uh, one of the top players, I'd say, in, in Sower here. Finished very highly in the uh, in this final competition of the season. Uh, so welcome, man. How you doing? Hey, 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 guys. Happy to be here. Uh, that last contest was probably just uh, a nice little ending, but unfortunately, being a Cardinals fan, they struggled towards the end. So not a whole lot of success uh, until I started uh, buying other players to continue playing through the World Series, uh, well, through the playoffs and into the World Series, but had a blast. It's all yeah, about finish strong. You know, you one, of the big, <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest lessons my dad ever taught me when I was young was finish strong whatever you're doing always make sure you finish strong don't try to coast to the end and you did that you finished strong jimmer and so excited to have you on the show one of my favorite people in so one of you know you're just i know you're a humble guy so you're just gonna have to sit and take this praise you are a so rare inspiration you're a life inspiration you're a funny guy you're a very kind guy got to hang out with you in orlando at the so rare meetup earlier this year this spring uh, what you don't know, what people might follow your so rare exploits and know that you're a quality so rare player for sure. You get your share of podiums and your throwaway, your spare cards win prizes. You know, like it, <laughs> like you've got the collection and all that. But what people might not know is that you are the king of the late night meal hookup. Like you, two nights that we went out in Orlando, you did around midnight. You disappeared from the group. We're hanging out at bars. Everyone's like, "Where's Jimmer?" 
20 minutes later, you're back just like with a feast of like burgers and fry orders and chicken burritos and shit like that. Like two nights in a row, you you blew our minds. And the second night it, it hit really nice because I needed it bad after after so much party. And so you're a so rare legend. And I, I'm so glad we're having you on the show. I, I, I'm beaming over here. Oh, man. Well, thank you. I, it was great to meet you as well. Uh, Chris, wish we would have. Uh seen you down there, seen you in other places. I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities in the future, but yeah. Yeah, for Thanks, sure. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Def, definite high praise coming over here. So, Danny. Yeah. He's never said anything and like that so about humble, me. If he's know? if yeah. he's an Emmy award winner, what am I? Yeah. Christ. A legend, just a legend, man. <laughs> Absolute legend. Oh man. So let's, let's get into it a little bit here. Let's talk a little bit. Obviously the biggest news coming down this week is our, our brand new buddy 5% tax on, uh, on all card sales. Um, so let's, let's start with you, Jimmer. What does this do to your, to your gallery? I know you're, you're kind of a never sell guy, so you may not even care. Like you may never see this 5% tax. Um, but what does it mean to the rest of us? Yeah, I, I probably don't have, uh, the strongest opinion here in favor of maybe what most people think. Um, this has been the writing on the wall for a while. It's kind of been interesting that it got implemented in NBA and MLB before soccer. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'd kind of, we kind of knew it was coming. Um, 5% is, is normal from the other games I've been playing kind of in this space, uh, you know, like open C fee for selling and things like that. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that it'll have a huge impact. Uh, people obviously think about that when they're listing. They might bump up their price a little bit to try to cover the fee, but I think it's going to blow over pretty quickly. People won't really notice, and it'll just become the norm. Um, I think it's going to help Sorare a lot. Uh, I don't know if they have, you know, deals with the MLB in ter in terms of like what their kickback is uh, for like secondary market sales and a percentage goes to them or whatnot, but. Um, I think it's good. It's good for the company. I mean, they're, they need another revenue stream and, uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but again, I, uh, <laughs> I is probably it really, won't be selling anything too soon. So is it really our job to be looking out for Solar's bottom line though? That's what I don't get. I, do, I just don't get like these people who are like, Oh, well, you know, you know, did you think, you know, we got to make sure Solar is sustainable. I mean, I don't think that's ever been in doubt. Solar is, is plenty sustainable. They're making money hand over fist. They can, they can give a lot more money away as, as far as I'm concerned. So like, I'm just wondering like, what is this like, let's call it a bootlicking attitude might be a little bit harsh, a little bit strong, but like, I don't get this attitude of, of like putting it on the players to like be the ones who are accepting and responsible for so rare's profit margins. I just, it's weird to me. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, I, I just think it's one of like, those I don't things want, where if, if, if they didn't make enough money, it would go away. Right. That that's the obvious thing. That's bad. I get it. But like, they're not going away anytime soon. Maybe card values will, but yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> It's a good point. I just think it's one of those things where if it was in there from the beginning, I don't know that too many people would think twice about it. I think the real, you know, opposition to it is that it's it's something that's new and it's change mm -hmm. and it's negative. There's no positive for people in this. Um, right. And and implementing anything like that is 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 a tough tough thing to swallow. Um, it just seems logical to me. Um, but it it could be a slippery slope in terms of them becoming a corporate greedy company right so right yeah. i don't know i i, I think the w one thing they could change is like a tiered approach to mm -hmm. how they're implementing those that that fee 
you right. know, it doesn't make sense to charge 5% on a $70,000 unique sale. <laughs> right, um, right, exactly. I mean, it makes them a lot of money, but it's a huge fee compared, but. Yeah, there's got to be. It's they, still 5%. I think that almost. 5% is 5%, right? But that almost has to change. Like 5% on, on a, sell, a sale of, of 0.05, which I just made this morning, which was my first ever sale that I made that was like subject to the fee that I'm actually kind of ticked off about because I didn't realize it at the time. I had forgotten about the fee, just like you predicted, Jim. It wasn't even top of mind when I was posting. <laughs> but like, A, we knew a fee was coming. I definitely agree with you there. They they telegraphed this. They explicitly said it's going to come at some point. That, like they made it clear in the uh, user interface and everything. So I'm not like mad that a fee came. I do think 5% is high. I get that that's the, the open C fee. I don't think so rare cards are the same as profile pick NFTs that sell on open C whatsoever. So I don't really get the one-to-one there comparison wise. I just think 5% is high and it's especially high at the higher levels. Totally agree with you that there needs to be some sort of graduated or tiered fee structure that they put in. And the other thing is I just, it's weird that it's only in baseball and NBA. They didn't add it to footy. It almost, that kind of smacks of the idea that like they know it was not, it's going to be really, really unpopular. And they're trying to make sure they rock the boat as little as possible. And then the other thing is if I continue my, my complaint bitch stream here, they didn't add any, we got nothing. This was a pure tax on what we were already doing with no improvements in terms of like, how the market works in terms of giving us a way to create bundles or put, you know, pool players together to sell as a bundle. So you, you can make a better sale, things like that. They never, they didn't include include any increased functionality whatsoever on on how the secondary market works. So it's like, how do you justify a a pure negative with no positives? It could have gone over a lot smoother if they had added some features and functionality to things, you know, bundles, the being the most obvious, I think YNWA put a bunch of ideas out there. Uh, he's a friend of the show. He he put some ideas for how things could have been improved, and I think that was a big whiff. So I, I, I don't know. Just it's it's tough. It could have been done better. So I would say when you're coming out with new things and new ideas, I mean, does it have to always like? Do you always have to come out with a negative and a positive? Like when they bring out like trading, for example, and that's this big positive that obviously we all expected to happen. Um, but it was a, it was a, a nice step forward for the, for the community. It, no one had sat here and said like, Oh, well, where's the negative? Like, why aren't we getting something negative with this? Um, no. So why is it now that Chris, when we get a negative, we need something positive to back it up? Like, because they've been adding positive and positive and positive because positives make the world go round, baby. Like, I mean, what are you talking about? Of course. Right. But they've added a bunch of positives on the top last of three months, because if you're going to punish users to the tune financially for doing what they've always been doing, you have to give them something more to justify that. It's justified. It just, it's unjustified in my mind. I can't so, even make a I can't even bundle all my crap limiteds together and sell them to someone unless I go to Pavel or something like that. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to pay his fees. You know, what keeps you from just listing at five percent higher? That's my next question is, do you you said you don't you don't think it's going to be top of mind for users? I, how often will people start to to put that into their pricings in terms of because I made my first sale of, you know, I sold a, an NBA card that I bought two days ago for point zero four. I want to flip it real quick because I know this guy's L10 is going up. I'm trying to not hold cards for too long. I don't want to hold fringe NBA cards for too long. I just want to hold my studs. So I'm like, okay, I need to get rid of this. So I so I posted it for 0.05. I'm like, okay, boom. I flip it for 0.01 profit. It is what it is, half a threshold, but I I don't I got this off the books. I made a little money. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't actually flip it for 0.01 profit. I flipped, flipped it for 
a 0.005 profit because I had this fee taken out. So uh, now, now that it's hit me that first time, I'm like, now I'm going to have to start thinking, I'd list my cards 5% higher than I would have normally. And then that's going to make them harder to sell on the market. Yeah. I think the really, the only thing that matters is the, the, the profit word, right? It's like mm -hmm. you, there also should be maybe a cost at doing the things that you're doing, right? Because you're de-risking yeah. yourself and in, in, in holding those cards and it's how you want to play. It's very active. <laughs> But you guys are you guys. Uh, I don't no, know. Look, it costs it costs so I mean, to like move these cards is, around for us. They've covered this. I, I know where forever. the three of us stand in the BDSM relationship. Let's just put it that way, as far as this goes, because you guys are just loving the punishment for some what oh, reason. Whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just think like it, it doesn't. You don't have to think maybe in terms of five percent. I think it it really becomes more of a problem if things continue to go down like if you if you're buying a card and you need to move it and it's the, the market is continuing to tr to trend downward um and maybe i'm oblivious but i think things like this may help you know the company have more money to do the right things but Man, i don't know ever the optimist what they a, do have what a guy they do you have a lot of money to do the right is. things right now i will say yeah but look sure. so everybody but, everybody assumes they they have all of this money in some treasure chest yeah and it's like yeah they they made this deal but they've also hired like how many employees do they have almost 200 they have these licensing deals right every there's this impending uh epl agreement that's worth i don't know how many millions of dollars um 34 million is the reported number per year yeah 34 per year that's so, pretty cheap for the whole premier league it's not bad yeah and and you know okay so obviously they're gonna have millions of dollars they're still sitting on for years to come but they don't i don't i don't want to see them get into a, like some sort of uh stagnant like they're just depending on that that treasure money or that the, the war chest i think is a term people use but actually become you know i don't know uh sustainable i don't know yeah we talk about sustainable all the time. But I All right, so let's talk about a little positive that might come out of this, right? With 5% tax on cards, um, it's now in your best interest to find someone to trade with for an equal a card of equal value. And I think this actually makes trading like somewhat viable now. Like you can you can legitimately have a trade where two people have roughly the same amount of stuff and they can they can kind of finagle their way through. And even if there is a little bit of ETH that gets kicked on, only that's subject to the 5% now, instead of the entire whole deal being subject to 5%. I think this really actually makes trading kind of a viable thing. Um, and, and then kind of going along with that, if people do you know, list their cards for 5% more, then that's going to make the auctions a good way to actually go in and get cards for 5% theoretically, 5% less than what you can buy it for on the secondary market which makes auctions more fun to kind of watch and listen to. If everything's just the same price, then there's no incentive to do anything other than just pick cards up off the secondary market. Now there's different ways to get around this tax um, where you can be a little bit more creative and, and kind of try to try to uh, try to get around it a little bit more. Is is that something that's, I mean, for me being like a, a big card collector type guy, I'm very used to the whole trading thing. And for me, that actually kind of seems a little bit more exciting that I can, I now have some incentive to try to find some deal to make with someone as opposed to Powell just coming in and saying, I want 130%, no matter what you're trading me. Like there's no incentive for me to do that. I know I'm losing money either way. Um, but now everybody kind of has this, well, a trade is literally cheaper than just going and buying it outright. Um, so there's this incentive to, to get deals done now, which I think is going to be 
very interesting for how the market kind of operates. Do you have any thoughts about, about this? You're, you're giving me a look here, Dan. Oh, I mean, I think it's good, but like, what do you, what, it, it's only going to be good for some people. It's only, it's going to be good for people who are trying to trade to get new cards, I guess, and just have fresher cards. And I do think, I do think that it's, I'm expecting the MLB user base to grow. And we've talked about this on the show before in terms of like the, the sort of trading in, in is in the DNA of baseball card collecting, yeah. right? When it comes to physical cards, like, Oh, I got, got it. You think of like, got it, got it, need it, got it, got it, you know, going down the checklist. Oh, I got this guy, but I, I haven't had this guy when you open a new pack or whatever. And like trading with your friends to get complete sets. That's more than soccer cards, more than basketball cards. That's in the DNA of baseball card collecting. So I think that, that it has a chance to really thrive in MLB. I don't think you're wrong there, but it's like, what are the, the, the look I gave you is because like, what are people trading for? I'm trading usually if I'm trading, I almost never offer card trades ever. So it's just not really my MO. There's no incentive, right? You can just go sell yeah, your card, I, take that I money and go do. buy the card you want instead yeah, of and trading. I, I almost always do buy the cards I want off of auctions, not off secondary in the past. So I'm just thinking to myself, like, that's interesting. If I'm trading card, if I'm trading cards as to get better cards to try to sell. So I just feel like ultimately I want to be selling cards and, and making profit. And, and trading is just a means to get to that end. So it's like eventually I'm getting hit with that 5% somewhere. But not if you trade for the card that you want in the end. Like if you want a rare want, order on Alvarez I don't, and I you want, go and find I someone want, to trade. I don't want the card in the end. I want the money is what I'm trying to tell you. I just I want the money in the end is what I'm going for. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I trade to sell. Interesting. Do you do a lot of trading, Jimmer? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> sure, uh, especially for like... Um, so I'm always, I'm like the worst player in like traditional fantasy sports where you like draft and trade. I just put up a wall. I'm like, if somebody's trying to trade me, they know something <laughs> I don't. And I'm, I'm totally out. Um, and they try to convince me that their player is better than my player. And, you know, they're doing me a favor and I'm like, ah, this doesn't make any sense. Um, in the so rare world going to Ethereum, it's like, it's much easier to make those decisions yourself uh, in terms of having money and then purchasing something else versus uh, I don't know. I have, I have a lot of remorse in terms of like how a player performs versus uh, watching the performance of the player that I traded away. And I'm like, ah, I'll just, yeah. I'll just go with destiny. And that's kind of <laughs> one of my, <laughs> my strategies is I'll let the game happen. However, it's going to happen to me and I'll enjoy it. Um, so especially for like MLB and NBA, I'm a sucker for like the first year cards and I'm just trying to get as many as I can. I don't really care yeah. what they're worth, so to speak for the first season. Um, and I'm not really trying to get rid of any of them. So um, in soccer, do you I, think that'll be a bigger part going forward when there are first year, second year, third year cards. Do you think that's something that you might, you might kind of do, or is that just kind of your overall strategies to kind of collect as many year ones and you don't really care about year twos. Um, it's really year ones, I think. And then I'm just going to kind of try to snowball and continue to play. And um, if there's cards that, that benefit me, um, you know, right now soccer's uh, a huge advantage for me because if I win, I can just sell into MLB and NBA. And uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fun that way. I'm not swiping a card. I'm kind of like moving uh, my position into those other sports. Right. Um, what I really want to see uh, uh, Danny mentioned it, but uh, checklists, right? We don't have a checklist for so rare. And 
in terms of collectability, I think there's a decent opportunity right now of like, can you collect the things that you want to while taking the extra steps to figure out what you need to finish that collection or whatever? I think it, it is more of a thing and a historical uh, process in, in the baseball world. Um, but no, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really a trader. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that, maybe that's the root of like why the 5% doesn't really get to me that much. Cause it honestly won't hit me too much. I I right. don't have any plans immediately uh, to sell much. So yeah, for sure. And and kind of going back to your to your point there on checklists. And Dan is gonna really love me for this one. But what do you what do you think about the uh, the common swap feature in the NBA now, where you can kind of swap out one of your common cards, pick up a new common card. They give you like five different options. It's like similar value. Um, that kind of thing to me tends to lead into a whole lot of collectability. I think that's really cool. I love that feature. I really want that in, in baseball specifically, um, soccer less so because I think everybody just kind of has the cards they want anyway in soccer. Um, but definitely in baseball, I think it would be really cool to like be able to trade like once a day and try to get Braves cards, Braves commons that I've not had, um, or even like Bob's situation where he really wanted a Rowdy Tellez. He can just pick players that are similar to Rowdy Tellez every single day and get a chance at getting that card that he really wants. Um, so what do you, what are your thoughts about that one, Trip? And do you, are you? I know you're not a common guy, so you might not care. But uh, I'm, I, I'm not a common guy. This is one of the best things SoRare's ever done. I, I'm not even exaggerating. Mm. This like this is like thinking outside the box. And if we're gonna start talking about like trusting so rare and trusting the team you know hashtag trust the team right jim we're like I'll, no, always trust, trust the, the team. team for sure gotta yeah, trust the team blindly almost if, blindly if we're raise, about raise the fee 10%. exactly <laughs> if, if we're forcing over fee. all this extra money on the <laughs> secondary market to fill so rare's coffers and you want to say trust the team and they're going to use this money to come up with some cool products and, and cool stuff for us down the line which nicholas has been tweeting about for sure like he's been very much like we know that you need more from us. We're going to do it. We're committed, all that stuff. He's been tweeting up a storm in the last couple of days. This is an example of the things they can do when it comes to like thinking outside the box. I don't really care about common competitions. I do care a little bit about in NBA, the uh, common champion, because you can win. There's a thousand places that win limited cards. So there's a thousand in baseball. That's true. That's that's true. But baseball's thing. out of season. Baseball's out of season. Is uh, I, well, you know, I was, yeah, I was still playing is. the common competitions in baseball. Also, I I'm, I should have said both. You're right. I'm, I didn't mean to leave baseball out. It is a baseball podcast. But so far, this feature is only on the NBA. I I expect that it will 100% come to baseball by this next season, if not sooner than that. And I think it's great. And I think like one of the worst, like if it's you think it's bad getting a duplicate reward card, like yes. oh I want a reward of someone I already have. Yes. This sucks. It's pretty bad at scarcity level, but it's like really bad at common. It's like, oh my God. I mean, could not be even more worthless a common I already had. So like this is gonna solve the dupe problem big time. And it's just a really cool idea. Like I said, it's outside the box and it gives me a little more trust in the team. I would love to see someone do like a 30-day challenge where they take like the worst player in their common lineup and just every day trade for like a new player and then trade for that player for a new player and then just See, see who they can get, see who they can wind up with. I think that would be like great fun to just kind of I mean, watch that be, unfold. Be, be the change you want to see in the world, Chris. What's stopping you from doing that yourself? 
Ah, I don't know anything about basketball, so I'd probably be going down. I'd, 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 I'd get right, worse players. Right, well, maybe we can challenge maybe, Alec or Jorge for it. Yeah, maybe Alec or but Jorge. It'll come to can, baseball. Can it's got to be. Jimmer, you think this is yeah. coming to baseball next year? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. The the one thing that I think holds uh holds commons back a little bit in collectability is there's no way to get even even with this exchange process, there's no way to go out and seek and get exactly what you want. And I think on one of the podcasts um, I listened to recently, I think they, I think John had the engineer uh, you guys talked to on. And yeah, he, he, he ripped, he David. ganked our guest. He ganked. Yeah. No, we David got the scoop on John. Freaking, we got the scoop on John. Unbelievable. Well, well, I guess I'll be on John's podcast next week. <laughs> I'm uh, sure he's listening. He's just going to at least be <laughs> following up on all of our guests. Uh, no. So um, they he mentioned trading commons. So like if you could trade commons, that would be really awesome mm-hmm. to like building your common collection because then you can talk with other managers. Even if they're common, you could build your team out in baseball, NBA or whatever. Right. Um, but just exchanging them it, in a very be annoying indirect – in a yeah. very like trickle yeah. down indirect way, it would take I think a long would, time. The ability to trade commons would lead to more market sales, I think, because like just like may, by enhancing what you can do with commons, that gets you more into the game. And then you're like, oh, right. I, I want to take this to the next level. I want to buy some limiteds now, which you might not do if you weren't engaged with the commons. So good calls. Yeah. What what about the uh, upcoming off season collectible utility for MLB? Maybe they have that for commons. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> I think honestly, can can we say that we should have gotten something by now? They like are we committed. had David on like two weeks ago, right? And they're and committed he, to launching new modes of play yeah. for us to use our Sora MOB cards. They're committed to launch. They are committed to launching something. We don't know what it I, is, but they're committed. Well, like, shouldn't they have told us what they're committed to launching by now? Like, I yes, I feel like they should have. <laughs> I, I feel sure like I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna trust the team here. <laughs> trust the team. Hashtag trust the team. Um, no, but I feel like he was on, and I I felt like from that conversation that they were pretty close to something that they were just about ready to to kind of roll it out. And we are now fully in the off season now, and there is nothing like there's there's no even hint of what is coming potentially. And I, I think there. another another thing that we have to kind of consider here is the training aspect of this, right? There's no game weeks, so you can't throw your teams in in training. You can't get any XP boost, which starting next year, you'll lose your 5% XP boost. And now your year right. one cards are in a really rough spot because most of them are not getting like they only had a half a season for the very early ones. They only had a half season of training. Um, so you're talking about the, the year two cards having a significant advantage on the year one cards. So I kind of want to know just from a competitive, competitive standpoint, how are they going to handle that? Like in say MLS, you have this long off season, but you still have training available because there's game weeks going on in Europe. So you can still train your teams and you can still get to the the bonus that you need to, to relatively compete. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we still need to figure out here. Um, I can't fully remember, but I think when back when they just had the Belgian league, I believe they had year round training, even on off season, like when there was no soccer going it on. It makes I think sense. They still had, yeah, yeah, and they should, they should, because yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and it has people coming back and engaging with MLB. It gives people the opportunity to to train their cards, right? Right. It could be monotonous, but that's how you win. But it also game, like. Baby. 
you're almost like putting in work and like, you're getting this reward that other people don't get if they just like take the off season off. Like yeah. I can't just like take off the whole off season for MLS and not do anything and expect to be in the same spot that everybody else is. I I've got a proposed solution to this, which I know Chris doesn't agree with, but this is what I think should happen. Uh, yes, they should. There should be off season training, but it seems like they kind of either it snuck up on them or they dropped the ball or they just didn't prioritize it. They don't have any like off season training game weeks built into the system. I should, maybe it wouldn't take that long to code them. Who knows? But like my solution is, is a simple one. Just grant a permanent uh, 3% take instead of losing 5% on your year one additions, when, when year two launches, you only lose 2% and you continue to keep a 3% permanent boost on all year one edition cards just as like a thank you uh, for investing early, for going in on a new product, for for helping SoRare work out all its kinks. I know, Chris, you said that this would be – you can maybe explain yourself better on this because I, I thought your Twitter answers yeah. to, to my proposal were garbage. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, so. you can say what you will. Maybe, you get, like I said, explain exactly what you mean here. But the, like, you thought this would hurt new people from joining the game. I don't think they would even notice. And I think it would only just, just – be uh, lead to a little bit more of an era of good feelings among all the current people who bought in big on, on year one just just get and it, it it then and it's also easy it's just a quick easy yeah. fit one size fits all fix for so rare they don't have to do all that much just quickly just get grant us a blanket bonus on all year one cards so when we had this discussion on twitter the thought of not having off-season training had not even occurred to me i thought you were saying true we just want a 3% bonus because we were here earlier and you know, the people that come after forget them. Okay. Um, gotcha. This makes a lot more sense. Like replacing off season training with a 3% bonus. So that's what you're going to get from off season training. Anyway, that actually makes a whole lot of sense to me. So um, yeah, you, you, you got me on that one. I was definitely, I was not right. thinking like no off season training when, uh, when we had gotcha. that conversation that on Twitter. Sense. So okay. I, that I can, I can a hundred percent get behind like just essentially it's just auto training, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I would rather, I would rather make it like a little more difficult. So people like have to actually log in to like get the reward every week, um, which is essentially all training is anyway. But like, if, if you want to do it as like just a blanket thing, just to keep it more simple. I mean, I'm not hundred percent opposed to that, but we do need something to make sure that, you know, uh, the year ones are, are, are better than year twos as far as, you know, having enough time to train them and everything. So, all yeah, I think is, I just misunderstood. All you have to do is look at the bottom of the card and see how much better they are. <laughs> I don't know. What if the bottom says you're two next year? Ooh, <laughs> keep would, it on there. And that it just, would kind of change. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. My night's ruined. Um, uh, so, Danny, year three, does the 3% bonus go away or is that permanent? It's permanent. It's permanent. It's a year one. Yeah, edition if it's thing. training. If, if it's like a replacement for training, you've had that forever. If okay, when a year one card hits its max level, does it have three percent higher than a year two max level card? Yes, as a thank you to the early investors, <laughs> I'm think, sticking I by. Think, mm. I think we just need to keep. See, you I, know, we have to keep giving Danny thank yous. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. I mean, we got to try to we got to try to figure out the time frame into which the thank you becomes forgotten, and we need to thank him again. So keep keep Danny happy. We need a new feature to thank him every every four <laughs> months. Yeah, they have alarm. to come up with something. Honestly, new. forty-eight hour alarm. You can't thank me enough for the things I do for y'all. I mean, come on, let's. let's be really <laughs> no, that would be cool. I mean, like I don't know that it would be so. I I initially was thinking it would be tough to implement now because like you'd have 
so many people like you're in that position, but imagine you didn't buy any cards because you were just like, eh, I'm just going to wait for year two. I think they're going to be cheaper. And then all of a sudden they come out and say, Hey, year one cards have a permanent 3% bonus. They'll be better than every card ever minted in the future. And you're going to be pretty upset Correct. about that, <laughs> but you, yeah, but you are well, now think... because you own the cards. Yeah. I mean, I don't own as many as some others. I mean, there's some others who went in way bigger than me. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a limited I mean, I, rare, just inkling into super rare guys. There's other guys who have, who spent huge on, on uniques and super rares. And I, I'm, I'm thinking of them. I'm not, th this isn't about me guys. I'm not, well, I'm not the, I, I'm not the so rare. Uh, He's a man of the, of the people. Of the person who spin who's back, like spin it back about fifteen minutes. Danny doesn't want to keep any cards. He just wants money. <laughs> like, why are we thanking this guy? He's a leech. We're just leech we're gonna give him a we're gonna give him an OP card, and then he can sell it for even more than the five percent bonus or the five percent yeah. tax. So that yeah. that'll make up for the tax that that he has on the card from from before. Hell, make it six percent. <laughs> I mean, I, here we go. I would enjoy it. I'm in a position to enjoy that. Yeah, I've well, some it, it's just an idea. Them. It's just an idea to make things easier for them on the on the training side. They don't have to go in and put a bunch of training game weeks, and they may kind of dumb it down for people. Maybe there's probably some people, even though we think that the vast majority of solar MLB players, at least like power users, migrated over from soccer, there are probably some people who like just got into it for MLB, like our boy Alec, who – uh, yeah. who are kind of unfamiliar with the, you know, the whole concept of training to gain XP is still kind of new to them. They don't, we've had years Alec of exposure knows how to important it. training is. I taught him well. well he's, he's I've got like, I've got like four, I've got like four friends who would not join soccer, but they jumped in on baseball. Yeah. So. That, exactly the same thing with Alec. Yeah. For do sure. they want an extra, do and they I think want to NBA go is even bigger. Do those they're friends at, want to spend uh, twice a week go in in the off season and build training lineups that do nothing or would they rather just get their three percent bonus on top for free thanks to sober but i think that's the point you got to work for the thing you don't just get given things here <laughs> we did our work, work for the buying things. the year one edition i we took I'll, a chance i i think i think they will have a problem i think you're right i think they'll have a problem when the year two cards come out and they're not really that They'll have more bonus than the year ones, right? Based on like yeah. the, them losing the seasonal bonus. As it stands now, like soccer. Yes. I, I think it. I think it will be a problem. So I, I don't think that that's a bad solution. Um, yeah. I do Plus think that like I don't know that like bumping them up to permanent three percent. I think just like maybe giving them X amount of XP to cover for the months that they would have been training, maybe better. Yeah, but like not going above the max cap, but right, like right. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think they should. I don't think you get to have like a card that's 3% better than everybody else at some point well, later down I'll, the road. I'll concede but, that one. I'll, I'll concede yeah. that maybe I was being greedy there then. Fine. <laughs> this is just a hostage just negotiation get, if they right get now. To max, if they get to max level a little bit faster, that's probably a good enough advantage for sure. Right. Exactly. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about never sell, right? Because obviously you're, you're a big uh, proponent of that. Um, you've been doing it in MLB. You're doing it, I guess, in NBA potentially. Um, talk, walk us through that. Like, why, why never sell anything? Why, why keep everything? Um, the number one reason is probably laziness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, reason. So, so one of the uh, one of the things that reminds me a lot uh, about NBA and uh, MLB right now, and like a lot of people, you know, complaining about the card values and you know the auction rates and things like that. Um, thinking back to like 2019, early 2020, it was just a, a game where the stakes weren't that high in soccer. 
and it was just like why why would I sell this card for twenty dollars and make three dollars and instead I could you know keep snowballing this game that I believe in right mm-hmm. and I think like if you don't think Sarer's gonna grow I think we're already in trouble or <laughs> you're already yeah. in trouble from like uh, any kind of money you're expecting to get out of it um, so like I've had so many instances where my my only rule on selling so I'm not never sell. But my rule on selling is once somebody hits a certain age, they hit the chopping block unless they're potentially like collectible. So it's like I try to separate myself from like the cards by them getting older. Right. And with the assumption that their utility is going to go away at the snap of a finger. Right. They get a season career ending injury and then their value drops overnight. Right. Which try to avoid. You know, there's always like speculation that there's going to be retirement leagues or like replay modes for some of these players. Um, But that's my one that's my one rule there. But I've had so many times where I'm like, okay, I'll list, you know, I'll maybe list a guy just just to like move into MLB or NBA like recently. And it's like, okay, this guy didn't sell. And then that card that I would have sold like won me a card that was worth half the value that I was going to sell that guy for. And it's like the the power. The power of being able to snowball in this game is ridiculous. I think the return on investment is still pretty high. Um, and not to mention the the opportunity there is whenever you're training players. Like I have like a Bruce stack and I consistently roll them out in All-Star Rare Pro. And all of those cards are level 20, which is a huge advantage on the pool. Right. It's like Bruce is great. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and they've been they've been doing really well. Um, but uh the 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 xp and the advantage that you get on the points there is is it, right. it puts you into those higher tier you you have you don't you're like of all lots of people have bruise decks but you have the best bruise deck because of that xp uh it's so it's really One of just the best. yeah it's it's only uh vanakin um uh, uh mechley and minule um so kind of like a stack it's not a full stack but that's just an example of like i i have probably 30 viable level 20 cards that make a really big difference in in terms of uh, of gameplay um and, and the podium or not podium but like your your total score right yeah and that's an advantage you know i i think that i think the whole user base is going to catch up to that um because like there's only a few people that have that many based on the amount of people that have been playing that long right um but i i think it's a, i think it's a big advantage and i think people overlook it sometimes so like that's Ultimately, what I'm trying to do, and even with with soccer, there, you know, if you look back, we had three competitions for like a year. What do we have in NBA and MLB now? Well, about three or four competitions that matter, right? Mm-hmm. If you continue to snowball, if you continue to just keep your cards, grow the XP, you'll 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 build a really good collection, and it's even more important for NBA because you, you'll have all of those options that you can plug in. And yeah. that's what I do in soccer. It's like I've got cards that are, you know, Danny mentioned it earlier. It's like a winning cards with the scraps. Um, it's all about matchups and it's all about form. And my galleries just swings and I'll play certain guys and I'll fall in love with certain guys and then they'll go to my bench and whatever. But <laughs> that's the whole concept of never sell. It's like I really enjoy the game. Sorry, Danny. But to me, the game is is worth way more than money. Um, wow. The people, the people I've met, <laughs> the things that I've been just able to showing do, me up. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm serious. It's like on a day-to-day a basis, on a day-to-day basis, it's like, you just can't, you can't replace friendships. You can't replace 
enjoy enjoyable distractions from your day to day, you know, and at work, you know, the best thing about soccer is you've got games all throughout the day, every day. And it's like, you get a, you get a 15 second little gap to where you have an adrenaline rush. You're like, Oh shit, my guy just scored. I'm like, what lineup is he in? Oh mm-hmm. shit, this one has a chance. It's like, now I get to watch this game tonight that I have a chance to win a good, a good card or a really good card. Um, and like those moments throughout the day, throughout the week, you just can't put a price tag on it, really, in my opinion. <laughs> and so, so I sell think... up and, and, and you get not selling cards. You have so many more opportunities in like midweeks and all the things like that. Too. Yeah. And so all the competitions like next year with MLB, I would bet they're going to come out with AL and NL competitions. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to buy more cards. They have unlimited options in terms of like getting people to buy new cards. If the soccer market starts struggling. All they have to do is come out with an SO11. That's it. And then they're good for like three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%. I, th- I think I think that's awesome. And I, I you might be my new favorite person because the way that you just explained that wow. is absolutely phenomenal. I'm 100% on board. Like, oh, let's sorry. go. Like, wow. we're, we're never selling anything ever again. Like, this is going to be great. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, yeah uh, DM me my galleries for sale if uh, <laughs> galleries for sale. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I I feel like a lot of times where I get the most frustrated is when people are asking me like, who should I pick up for this week? Who should I pick up for this game? And it's like you, this is a very long term thing. Like this is a long term game. You should be playing like four or five years in advance, honestly. Like you should be picking up guys that will be good in like two years and training them up and 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 kind of taking that long-term view. Um, I think really that's the most sustainable way to play this game anyway. Um, and and going back to your point of of kind of having that advantage over everybody else, everybody else flips stuff so quickly. Like a guy gets an injury and everybody sells them. And it's like, goodness gracious, the dude pulled his hammy, he's out for like four weeks. Like, you can't wait four weeks to get a guy back. Like, why are you going to take 50% off of your, off of what he was two weeks ago? And he's going to be 50% higher in two weeks. Like, why would you sell there? Um, so, yeah, I think, and, and going back to what you said before about this specific time, like everything is kind of down. I think it's, it's just that long-term versus short-term view, right? Like for me, I kind of love that all the prices are down right now because it, it gives me an opportunity to buy at a really good price. Like I got into a ton of baseball cards that I did not think I would have any hope of, of getting into. Like my super rare team is much better than I thought it was going to be uh, kind of going into baseball. Oh, yeah. And now basketball is doing the the exact same thing. And everybody's panicking and like, why are we, why are we have so many auctions? It's like, guys, they're giving you an opportunity to get all these cards at a better price. Like, why are you complaining? Yeah. You should be thanking them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people are the, the people that are like panicking because they, bought really high on like some early like top 10 mints of these rare cards that are gonna have a thousand and now we're starting to get into the 70 80 range of mints and they're like what the hell my card values are plummeting well that's the price you had to pay to have those early mints that's the fact of the matter and like i would just direct those people to uh mr john nellis who paid one ETH (laughs) for ronald acuna one of five thousand stole our guest and yeah yeah exactly (laughs) we bad mouth him now because he's still our guest and it's like, <laughs> like if it, there, there will almost never be a, a worse overpay than paying one ETH for a limited baseball card. I just, I just can't, I can't come to terms with it. I, I'll, and he's not the only one that did it, but it's like, 
It's like, so, and he can smile about it and laugh about it. I, so if, if you're mad about overpaying for some cards, just like win, win more, you know, like cry yeah. more, win more with them, you know, like, like quit uh, complaining about every single little thing and like figure out a way to make it pay. And like, uh, we've all, we've all overpaid for cards. You just, it's just about what you do with them. Yeah. I, I way overpaid for Acuna. Um, I got the number four Acuna and I think I paid like a quarter of what Nellis paid or like much less mm-hmm. than a quarter. Um, and I still way overpaid for what mine was. Yeah. And I was like, yo, can, like, let's just trade. I'll, I'll get the one, you get the four and then it'll wipe both of our big numbers off. It'll just say trade on there. And they're like, we won't, we'll never know. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't pay anything for this. I just traded for it. Yeah. yeah exactly. This is a trade. Like we didn't overpay for this. No, and you didn't even get hit by a 5% fee. Wow. Right. Ooh, yeah. Full circle. That's why I love oh you, Jim. You bring it full circle. So, so well, so well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's ever going to be a good time, but this feels like the right time for me to just bring up Chris. And I, I uh, you know, that just the other day I did uh, add a card to my collection and I got the, uh, I got the Ozzy Albies rare for less than you paid for the limited. So, yeah, I'm not happy about that. I knew it was coming. Did you get that on auction? Yes, I did get it on auction. Oh, I had yeah, my yeah, eyes yeah. on it. So, yeah. Alec also got an Ozzy Albies rare for I think it was like a quarter of what I paid for the limited. Yeah. Um, you know I love you, and I I, I, I didn't saluted you for buying the Albies when you did, and you had no uh, way of knowing if any more were going to be coming, so you had to make that move. I, I'm not in fairness, I came on this program just, and said that I was stupid for doing it, but I don't care. That's fair so too, yeah. he's also my favorite player. I caught his tenth career home run, by the way. Fun fact: hey, uh, I solved the ball. Yeah, so when he makes the Hall of Fame, we're in business, boys. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I overpay for things all the time. It's great. We've all uh, what you what you should have done is just continue to buy every single Albies auction <laughs> right. after that. Price I not have to change my yeah, name to exactly. YNW. Yeah. I did I I did something I did something similar with the uh, Cardinals rookie pitcher. Uh, he's one of their top prospects. Um, I had this hypothesis that like going into the off season they were going to be stuck and they could only mint off season roster players for the rest of the for the rest of the season. Or, or the year, however long uh, they were going to continue minting. So I was like, damn, this is going to be possibly the last one. I like, I overpaid for the number two, much higher, not much higher, but decently higher than even the number one serial. And then they started popping them back out, just like with the same Ozzy Albies <laughs> auctions. And I just like buying every single one of them after that. <laughs> this was not an overpay. This was not an overpay. I'll make sure of it. Just, uh, yeah, just cost uh cost price I average thought, like that would be a fun down. thing to do just like just like a random card that has absolutely no value just like buy all the rares and be like nah he's got value because i make it so you know what yeah I mean? yeah uh, i've determined <laughs> you're wash trading with yourself basically at that point <laughs> yeah. for sure. one yeah. of the one of the one of the other things so you're talking about uh checklists earlier um and this thing is like you go you dig a little bit further and i think there's an opportunity but from the trade deadline and the players that traded like uh, almost like a week or so after oh, they started minting, yes. there are so many players on the platform in a Jersey before they got traded to mm-hmm. where if yeah. you want like the full collection of that team, it's so you annoying. have to kind of dig a little bit to find those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget so who that, it was. I think it was Will Smith. I had to go get a, Oh no, there's slapping, 68, slapping people? 68 of them. Yeah. No, like, it was uh, not that Will Smith, the other, the other one, and not the one in, in the Dodgers either. <laughs> great, um, great Oscars reset there, Jim. Yeah. No, but like the maybe Braves the guy's made name a was Oscars. 
Yeah, the and Braves that's just that is one of the deadline. And, and it's one of the yeah, cool things about so rare MLB is so much more nimble in terms of uh, compared to soccer in terms of how they can switch guys jerseys, how they can get guys off the market when they go on the injured list and things like that. And I think that's because like they have official statuses, right? So it's just a little bit easier. There's no in soccer. It's always like the manager's like, oh, he's got a little niggle. Uh, he was limited in training, but uh, we're hoping for they'll the best. never tell so, you what's you know, going on. They never tell you anything. Whereas in yeah. in American sports, you have to have an official injury status in all these leagues. And that allows so rare to like cut off the auctions of guys on the injured list and stuff, which is great. I think. Did you see the Clippers got fined because they had guys on the injured list that ended up playing and they like were fine. No, but they, like, they literally fined them like $15,000 because they had guys that were designated as out that played in the game. Right. Don't, don't which, fuck with Vegas's yeah. uh, <laughs> money lines, you know, what can that's I say? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But uh, on that topic, though, I do have an Eric Hosmer Padres card. If anyone wants to come buy it for me for five times what I paid for it to cover my secondary market fees, then I'm all for it. Five yeah, percent, not five X. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's the owner of the card. He sets the price. Right. Exactly. That's my valuation, bro. That's my valuation. Like, yeah, I don't care what so rare data says. That's what I think the card is worth. So, right. Yeah, is, I need 130% minimum. This is the 45 cereal. Well, it was 45 degrees outside when he hit his 100 home run. I love it up. that. I love that. We need more stats like that. Like, on, on Tuesdays in the afternoon, this guy's like unhittable. Like, he's he's got like a career 0.1 ERA. Yeah. We need I more think of that. He, kind yeah. Of stuff they around. always can can find those things to justify betting and the the speculation on uh performances Mm -hmm. so let's let's talk a little bit just here kind of wrapping things up let's just talk a little bit about the world series because obviously just wrapped up we boldly came on this podcast and said that uh the phillies were inevitably going to win because that's what it looked like and then they ended up not winning another game for the rest of the series ended up losing in six um dusty baker gets his first (laughs) world series which i i think is cool i like dusty baker but um dusty's awesome a quick dusty baker story i don't even know if i should tell this story but i used to uh work alongside dusty up in bristol connecticut back in the days when he was in his tv career and one time a group of us were out at the uh the bar like just down the street from the office or whatever uh, this place called the wooden tap if you're up there you know about it and it was like, you know, just some scrub employees just hanging out, having after work beers. And Dusty came in, Dusty Baker. And he sat at the bar, started talking to us for a while. We started talking about, ah, oh, there's no girls in Connecticut. This sucks. You know, we all came from like different college towns that had all these like, you know, cool social scenes and whatever. And Dusty goes, oh, they, you can find women, but you're going to have to lower your shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can never not think about that story whenever I see Dusty. So props to him for, uh, uh, for winning the ring for sure. Yeah, definitely. Prop, props to him. Uh tough one for Philly. They uh they look like they were rolling towards an MLS MLB, you know, double crown and uh, maybe something in the NFL and all in one weekend it all fell apart. So, that uh, was a rough one. Prop I, I mean, I hate the Astros. I'm never going to give them props, you know. I'm happy for Dusty. Uh I'm happy I, I you know, I've I learned to love Jordan Alvarez uh thanks to um winning his card obviously and when it comes to so rare my team loyalties do kind of like go out the window like i'm playing to win regardless of whether i like the team or not so i do have a lot of players on teams that i don't really like but i wanted to see the phillies win i I have friends in both camps but i kind of was leaning towards my phillies friends on this one and then as far as the union though 
that's coaching malpractice. Jim Curtin, he'll be haunted by that for the rest of his career and maybe his life because there's just you should never lose that match uh, when you score with th- seven minutes Three left minutes and you're going to against go. ten men. Yeah, you just that's the, the, yeah. the, the never best defense in MLS history. Yeah, exactly. doesn't matter. Give, that, yeah. Gareth Bale. So. That's all I got to say about that. Coaching malpractice, um, unfortunately, on Curtin's part, and he knows. Last that. last little story here. Curtin's talking about closed. the Phillies. Curtin's <laughs> closed. Thank you. That's why. That's, that's why, why you're, you're on here, Jimmer. That's yeah. why you're here. If you guys want to have me, I'll just I'll chime in. I'll say like hundred words max every podcast. <laughs> we just have like, <laughs> just little, like sound little sound bites little, for you. Yeah, just a little yeah. chip in. Love it. Like oh, um, Dusty Baker is he making? Can you laugh like bugs? that little uh, creature from Jabba the Hutt's palace and in, in Return of the Jedi? The, <laughs> be be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was even close. Yeah, I don't know if you pulled it off, but it's all right. <laughs> Good enough. Maybe that was closer. My actual laugh. <laughs> actual laugh. Uh, last little story here, wrapping up on the World Series. So going into the World Series, I had in my Philly stack, obviously, um, and I, I picked up a cinder guard so that I could have six six man stack, uh, six man team. Sorry. I didn't have a middle infielder and I wasn't about to go pay some absurd price for a middle infielder, but no center guard was really cheap. So I picked them up, threw them in. We were rolling the whole time, right? Obviously the games, the Phillies were winning. We were rolling up points and then, uh, comes down to the very end. The last like two games, I started dropping down literally the ninth inning of game six. I am on the spot that like is the last reward spot. Uh, and then they throw the final pitch, get the final out. The closer gets his save, and I drop to the next spot down. And I miss mm. the rewards by by one place on the final pitch of the World Series. And uh, oh yeah, man, that that was a brutal way to end my season. So that that sums up my sober MLB so far. It's like so close, but just not not enough, oh. not enough there. I thought Dan, Danny mentioned you got to finish strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, didn't do it. It was, didn't uh, do it, it, was it was, it was really, really entertaining for me because I had the game four. I had uh, Christian Javier pitching, and that was awesome to watch. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's a a better little fantasy experience than watching your your starting pitcher throw for so rare MLB. And then game five, throw a no I hitter had, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the combined model. Uh, and then game five, I had. Uh, Altuve, I had Jeremy Pena, and then I had Schwarber. And so I'm watching the game in his first inning, and it's like Altuve gets on, Pena hits him in, and then like first pitch of the bottom, Schwarber goes yard. And I'm like, the stars align. I'm, I was in first place at that point. And then Pena comes back and hits a home run in like the fourth inning. Mm. Um, and then it was uh, downhill from there a little bit. I think uh, Alvarez's home run kicked me out like four or five spots, but mm. – it was, it was great. It was Everybody awesome hates Jordan. Not me. I love him. He's the man. I don't care. <laughs> he helped. He helped. So, our, he helped. Front, he helped. Front of the show. Bob win the super. Uh, Bob Flynn win the super air division with a uh, a Jordan that he. No one really knows how he acquired that Jordan, and it's not no longer in mm. his gallery today. So, <laughs> is there a five percent tax on that one? <laughs> there was not a five percent tax. So unfortunately, you got to get uh, something yeah. that like a, a blue Shohei Otani is not worth nothing. Yeah, I mean it's it's really funny that he did win the Otani because that's the card that haunts my nightmares if so rare because of my uh 2v2 f up where I could have won the super rare division 
like in the second or last week of the season and I blew it. I played the wrong pitcher reliever and uh, I like was it was like a painful decision. I was like, it could be this this combo or this combo, one one super rare, one rare. And I just went with the wrong one and I cost myself first place. And Shohei was the was the prize. You know who won that, Jimmer? Uh, in the world, your Series. boy. Your boy surface tear missile. He uh, oh he, yeah. He I would I would have taken first over him and uh, oh the competition you're talking about yeah 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 and I would have won the he now has the Otani that that I will always feel should have been mine now Bob's got an Otani and uh, yeah it's great but no I you know I lo- I loaned <laughs> out my Alvarez I loaned out my Alvarez to a friend because it's my NFT and I can do whatever I want with it and uh, I'm happy that he won so sorry yeah, don't your don't five percent tax my loan <laughs> I did yeah I hate losing the level not now. Now I need so rare to put that three percent year one yeah. back on top. Otherwise, I'm totally screwed. That's the real. That's the real. Three loans for the next three months. Is, he's trying to figure out how to get all that XP back on Jordan. Mm-hmm. You, you got me. You, yeah. You probed long enough. <laughs> figure oh, it out. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on the show, Jimmer. Absolute pleasure to have you on. Definitely have to have to get something together with a with a sower meetup at some point next year for the soccer side or the baseball side. Um, but yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for coming opening, on opening day, Bush stadium mm, or opening, go. opening they play? day at city park. Who, who do the Cardinals the, play uh, opening day? I don't know. That's, that's not, that's an unfair question. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Is the schedule even out? The, I'm, I'm pretty sure the pirates play the white Sox, but I could be wrong. Cause I think yeah, we I looked know. at that. I'll get back to you on that one. Sounds good. Oh, the schedule has been out for three months. That's my fault. Yeah. The schedule has uh, been out for a while. Yeah, what can I say? We'll find it. Do, do the Cardinals always get home games? Do the do the B-Fibs always make sure to get a home game on opening day? I, I don't know how that no, works. No, they don't always get it. Well, whatever their opening day is, I'll consider going. And I would consider visiting St. Louis Toronto. just to hang with you and just to eat some sugar fire barbecue, to be honest. So. Hell yeah. Get some, get some meals delivered at 12 a.m. They're playing the... Play, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Play the Blue Jays. Okay, excellent. March 30th. Wow. Six game homestand for the B fibs. Gotta love it. And then and then and then uh STL CSC, their <laughs> dynasty starts <laughs> next season. Is that the abbreviation? That's you a can, mouthful. Yeah, stop it. You stop it, Christopher. Yeah, you That's stop it. It's actually yeah, STL CSC FCSC SC. United Rovers is the way yeah, I like to the, refer to it. The <laughs> St. Louis City Soccer Club stadium sponsored by the St. Louis County. Yeah. Wanderers and an emo and emo's pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Home with a hot dog right. of cheeses. You have to come on the uh, the the soccer show good. with Chris and Nashi when the, uh, when that team launches and talk about uh, expansion. Yeah, uh, definitely a great for guest. a preview. That'll be and fun. we really appreciate you coming on. Hey, no, I enjoyed it, guys. Appreciate it.